Hello, Camilla. Hello, Leda. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. There is sunshine outside, so I'm quite good. That always helps. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, so I'm Kamila Sladowska. I'm a visual artist based in Helsinki uh, in Finland, but I'm from, I come from Warsaw and that's where I got my education. Uh, and I work, I'm a painter. Um, I, I make, let's say like trans transdisciplinary painting or like painting installation. Was your higher education there or only the high school? So, um, I come from Warsaw, I grew up there and um, first I went to um, to a high school. There, there is like this art class, which uh, I attended to and I, I have really good memories from there and I've learned a lot when it comes to the basics about visual arts. And then throughout these three years when I've been studying at this high school, I've also had some, I've attended to some, like let's say, culture houses in Poland uh, to prepare myself for the Academy of Fine Arts and also to, to the courses of uh, uh, Maria Savitska Bicic, which I've also learned a lot from. And um, well, what are these culture houses? Those are like also in Finland, there is this uh, talo, uh, like candle talo, for example. I think it comes from the from socialist countries and that's where Finland got inspiration from, I guess. I, I haven't checked this out, but it's. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's also in different states that used to be uh, communist socialist. And those are places for adults or for children or teenagers to develop these skills or I to enjoy like they culture. Have, they have courses there. They have courses, oh. but also um, sometimes they have exhibition spaces. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. like spaces for music and stuff like that. Yeah, right. And uh, like uh, in Finland, the finance financing system of these culture houses is much better. So the spaces can be quite impressive. Yeah. And then throughout these three years of intense like drawing and thinking of life and trying uh, new things, uh, I've decided that actually color is one of the most interesting uh, factors for me in visual arts. So I decided to go to study painting, also to learn like old painting techniques and to, to get this painting base for, for my art. I went to the Academy of Fine Arts in Warsaw. It was because also I didn't have resource, resources to go study elsewhere. So I've decided to go in the place where I came from. It was much easier. And um, I, I went, of course, to the painting faculty. Where would you have gone otherwise? Well, Did you have like a I, dream place where you wanted to go study or something. Well, I've been thinking of going abroad somewhere, but like to be honest, I was quite um, the decision was quite that I'm going to Warsaw Academy of Fine Arts. I've been thinking of Krakow, but then yeah, it would require me to move elsewhere. Maybe like Woods, it's like a city 100 kilometers from Warsaw, where there is actually like a visual arts department which because like in Poland, the, the education is still like speeded up for this painting, sculpture, like maybe new media, it's more like mixed, but yeah, there is no really visual arts that much um, visual arts faculties in Poland, I think. I or think here also in the academy in Kuba, it's like painting department, sculpture department. Yeah, 
Yeah, there are like, for example, in France, because I actually have studied at SBAMA Montpellier as an Erasmus student for half of a year. And then there was like Beaux-Arts, which means like um, visual arts or like fine arts, let's say. But uh, mm -hmm. it was like mixed, so we could try many things and then you could decide yourself uh, yeah, about right. the media and what you work with. And how did your family react when you told them you want to be an artist? Did you, did do you have artists in your family, actually? I don't know. Uh, yes, I, or actually, my father is a photographer, uh, so he's a freelancer. And uh, I would say my parents were not the happiest, but they were not, they were still supporting me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in that sense. But I would say they were, they were not the happiest and they were trying to convince me maybe to, to make something different. <laughs> Then go uh, to administration or then painting or maybe like like my father actually always wanted me to just like do the same like sort of photography as as he does or then he was like oh maybe you become like a graphic designer and yeah uh, yeah because it's a little like one idea more practical than painter yeah. I guess yeah and for me like choosing painting was sort of I don't know, when you go to humanist studies and you choose philosophy, let's say, it's just like a base. Or actually regarding other uh, other faculties that I have been considering, uh, when I was graduating from high school, uh, I have been thinking of going to Warsaw University to study cultural anthropology, which has been for quite a long time and a big inspiration for me, and it still is a big inspiration and sort of a method when I work. So you're interested in people? In a way, or like in cultures and what makes, uh, or also like on the relationship of people and how they create culture uh, in the context of their relationship with nature. And then, then you came to Finland. How did you end up here? Yeah, so after the studies, it was also like the, the time of lockdown in Poland and not only in Poland, the COVID-19 pandemic. So I did not have, because also meanwhile, uh, just to make sure I will be able to make the living like out of something related to visual arts. And also I, I've wanted to learn to work with textile. So I went to study two years of costume design uh, in a private school, MSKPU, which is uh, the school of um, like international school of costume and fashion design. So there I learned how to, the pattern making, uh, like the, the knowledge about fabrics. Uh, and then I thought I would probably, because the theater and film industry is quite big uh, in Poland. So then I thought that I would probably work with this. And then I will try also to paint and make the living out of this. So trying to combine, but then like the COVID-19 and the pandemic uh, made it just impossible for me to work and to find any any job in Poland. Also, like due to political situation in Poland, I, I did not want to to be there and also probably some other factors. So then we have been considering with my partner, who is a composer, where to go. And I thought of Belgium because I speak French and I had this experience in, in southern France, so I thought maybe this could be an option. But then, um, like, my partner was suggesting more of, like, a Nordic country. And I was like, all right, like, if, if we choose a Nordic country, then, like, Finland seems the most interesting to me. Uh, and it was because I had, like, I, I've 
I've I've known like a bit about this like Ugro-Finnish sort of connections, also about like Hungary and Finland, uh, like Hungarian language and Finnish language, because I've been like a bit interested in languages as well. Mm, so this seemed like interesting to to me culturally. It has been a bit different for for a longer time, uh, Finland. So I I found it interesting and worth trying. That's how we chose Finland because then. Like there was this Belgium or Finland um, decision making, and then just in Finland we found an opportunity. Finland won the battle. <laughs> yeah, Finland won the battle basically. Yeah, so we just moved here with with all of our stuff and yeah, with my supplies and yeah, adventurous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's we're here since like it's gonna be the third year this year. Not so long. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> not yet. And how do you feel here as an yeah, artist? And yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed the art stage in Finland and or, or like in Helsinki, because Helsinki, like let's say comparing to Warsaw, uh, it's smaller. So I really enjoy it. And also I really enjoy that I can bike to my studio every day and that I can also have like more probably eco-friendly life that I also don't. Because like in Poland, when you use electricity, you know, it's it all comes from coal burning. So here it's a bit different. The politics and I hope it will not uh, change in, in the upcoming years. I really hope for that. Or like I hope it, it will not follow the, um, the political uh, situations from from this far right uh, trends. So I, I do enjoy it because also I feel cozy here also regarding the art stage that many people know each other and it feels supportive and yeah so I really enjoy it <laughs> I enjoyed the calmness that I can really focus on 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 creating and on exchanging with other artists you talking about uh, your stance on politics and ecology or, or sustainability it's, it's it sounds like you have specific line do you follow that in your art yeah, for sure. Um, in many ways, I would say the choice of um, of the techniques I use, the subjects are are pretty much inspired by. Um, let's say, firstly, I was calling that it's inspired by posthumanism, but then like, or firstly, firstly, I was really influenced by this eco-feministic um, thought, and I'm still influenced, of course. There are many reasons why I got interested in the relationship of humans and nature or like in in this eco-feminism or now I call it more like eco-erotics what I do <laughs> because it's more inclusive in a way uh, or like post-humanism. I, I think I got inspired by it quite um, early, let's say, because at the house where I have been growing uh, up, there is a window and like of my room and this window uh, has the view to a power plant, like a coal power plant. And uh, the pollution uh, in Poland is a big problem. Like people suffer from from different health problems, but also the, the consciousness of global warming and climate catastrophe just like happening at my eyes, seeing that every year there is like, that basically snow had, had at some point disappeared from Poland. And in my childhood, it has been normal that the snow was covering land for like certain months. And I, I've seen like no 
no politics about it in, in Poland, like this problem has been ignored. On the other hand, like the society, because of this, I think like people individually, they take a lot of actions, which is nice. But like, on the other hand, I think like this problem, like needs really system solutions so that it's going like sustainably also regarding the social politics and, um, and people's welfare. Yeah, it's a complex thing. And I, I have read somewhere or heard, I don't have the source, but it was the, stated that individual people's actions are, are basically not defining. They're not going to change much. And if, if big corporations and industries don't change, it's just hopeless situation. Yeah, I think like it's good to combine uh, for sure like the system needs to to take up actions. But on the other hand, I think like individual actions also value uh, in a way that first of all, we can inspire and it's going forward from one person to another uh, because um, it's it can be quite enjoyable also like taking up like these individual actions and you can save money and stuff like that. But on the other hand, uh, like I think it also creates a pressure on politicians and on the system. Like if we take up individual actions, I think like the line between individual actions and sort of like activism and like political actions, it's it's quite like fluent. And yeah, yeah, for sure. People should not stop yeah. doing their own little contributions. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that at all. Yeah, for sure. I agree that like without changing system, like it's not going to be possible. Let's get back to your art, yeah. <laughs> which is why we're here. Uh, what, what are you working on at the moment? So currently, like, as you can see the paintings in the background, uh, I've been actually, I came back to um, more to painting on square shaped canvas in a way, but of course, still I work on objects and I always, because I, I paint quite a lot with oil and I use quite um, slow techniques. Uh, I also work on recycled materials or using like biodegradable and like low, um, impactful uh, solutions. Currently I'm, I'm working or my main focus is to create like um, a painting installation which is going to be called probably hybrids uh, or it's like the working title um, as an exhibition to be displayed at Asbestos Art Space in Helsinki and I want to create this like uh, immersive eco-erotic painting installation do you have uh, a date for that yet or not? Yes, it's going to happen in November. I don't know. I don't have the date of the opening yet, but like at the end of November, like the second part of November. Oh, nice. So uh, like if you want to stay updated, like please follow my Instagram, Kamila Danslides Sladowska with W and S-K-A. I will write end. that down after <laughs> that, like in the, in the notes. By objects, uh, you mean uh, something like those petals on the walls or uh, something like works that are not square? Yeah. How do you so, define your object? <laughs> yeah, the line is quite uh, thin of the definitions because I actually at some point I started to call my paintings like painting objects. But yeah, like so the paintings you see in the background are going to be, they're not finished yet, of course, as you can probably see, uh, but they're, um, they're like painting objects for me. But then, of course, like, um, for example, these petals, like, maybe I can show some. Um, like, they're, uh, they're also made, actually, it's recycled, recycled linen coming from this, or sort of, like, de deconstructing uh, the 
uh, the idea of traditional painting or like yeah of painting let's say on square shaped canvas because I use these old techniques that I have learned and it's because of the sustainability that I want to first of all it's much slower and much more conscious but then also like uh, linen canvas that I use is much better like the the uh, the way it's produced then I also use sometimes um, shaped canvas or like shaped cardboard to paint on and uh, I really like to treat my process as crafting because I think that's that's like more sustainable and uh, more authentic in a way in the old techniques it's just square shaped canvas but then I started to experiment with them because why not like we're in like we live in 21st century we can use any we media we can make it a bit like, more interesting for ourselves yeah, yeah, yeah for sure and I've also started to include textile like any technique that you can apply color on it I call it like that it's like that I create painting objects and like any technique with the use of color is interesting to me like also sometimes I might work with video but like somehow I really like this um, really personal interaction of, of an actual non-virtual object with the spectator that's why I started to work with fabrics because like fabrics can also change color quite you can like change and experiment with their color quite easily like somehow how to reflect like the colors of for surrounding of the life of the ecosystem and apply them like to to your practice at some point i had to like reduce um or like reject certain techniques just because i try not to pollute the environment with my practice so like at my studio like you could see uh, that like here next to us there is like my uh, the the back with like paper back with garbage and it's like from five months ago i i emptied it out and there is really not much trash and it's like again it's mostly trash that i've worked on a recycled material or something biodegradable and then i like recently i finally because i work with oil i've mixed my first oil paint and i've decided to fully mix my own paints not not to buy them and i still like used the ones that i bought like uh, in the past but like i'm i'm slowly turning into self-made paints and um, yeah maybe I can even show yes if, if can... you show the the palette that was very impressive like the yeah the palette actually I this does not look so fancy but I, I use this um, recycled plastic to as the palette and and that works uh, but also can you put it this yeah way? I'm gonna put it there yeah and uh, i've wanted to show because like recently i actually decided to uh, reject all all the paints that uh, contain any toxic pigments uh, and actually i was pretty surprised that because i've been afraid that maybe the palette would be really really not so diverse but then i i've learned that basically the palette is still quite um, quite inspiring and quite impressive I've decided like to stop using the paints that it actually took me time like to found, find information uh, about certain pigments that they are cancerogenic or that they are harmful if they get to the water and basically to the environment uh, what should be avoided why don't we for example that, that, I have, that. that I have known uh, for a long time that uh, 
cobalt blue and it's actually the, the most difficult to um, replace with non-toxic pigments um, because it has like this intense sky blue sort of or maybe not sky blue but like this intense blue color since longer time i've been thinking like to reject it and now it's yeah, the moment came that I'm not using it at all. And usually like the toxic pig pigments, they're not ethical when it comes to human rights and like the conditions, how people work. And like you can find on the internet a lot of materials like about how like people suffer from uh, certain diseases, like in places that cobalt is produced or like sourced. sourced. Yeah. So that's one of the examples. But like there is also more, uh, so I can show. Maybe it's like a bit challenging. Like I can show like the the zinc uh, white like paint that I have mixed myself. I'm really proud. <laughs> and yeah, so this is the paint. It is different than the one that is bought in the shop. How because is it different? Uh, first of all, it just contains oil and pigment. So, um, so of course it will have different properties and it's like brighter, it's much brighter and it's nicer, the consistency and I, I've enjoyed painting with it more. So I'm really looking forward to the moment when I finish other, other paints and, and I make the new ones. Actually, like, for example, ultramarine, like I can show, okay, like some product <laughs> commercial, but, um, like this is ultramarine blue and for a long time I actually had thought that it's not so nice for the environment but then when I have researched because it's synthetic but it's not harmful for the environment and it's not poisonous um, it's it's one of the friendliest pigments uh, but also there is many like organic pigments that are that are knives and maybe I can show maybe I can show like green earth or like again, like product. <laughs> like, but uh, I mean, every brand has these pigments, right? These colors. It's not. Yeah, it's like um, a specific brand. So yeah, there are like um, physical properties of colors and chemical properties of colors, and uh, the physical properties are related to our perception and to our, um, let's say, to to physics so like to the physics of color and like the easiest way to explain the physicality of colors is to work with light and with projecting light in a certain uh, color and then we have like chemistry of color which is basically the what is the paint made of or like what is the pigment made of and how is it sourced and actually like the physical color is more flexible and like when we play with light let's say but like there is more yeah the problems start when we go to the chemistry of color and um about discovering like pigments and yeah i i hope it's clear what i'm explaining here do you have some special routines in your work what do so, you do usually during the day so like my schedule, let's say it's quite irregular and I do not enjoy it. It's, I, I really like, I'm jealous about people who just like go and work from this hour to this hour. I mean, it has like also its disadvantages, but like sometimes it's challenging to have this irregular schedule in a way. Uh, but recently I have been trying to avoid coming back from my studio, like, 
at night, let's say at 1 a.m. or something. So I'm actually trying to go out as I would go out to work and spend their like healthy amount of hours and then just come back home and yeah, and do some home routines. But like recently I've been trying to go out from home like at 9 to be here like at 10, 11, depending on if, if I have like some other duties to complete that's what i've been trying and then i can see that actually in finland it very much depends on the light and i caught myself uh yesterday that um actually because i've returned from 10 day um being away i've noticed that actually because the light here changes so much there is like 9 p.m like quite late because i was just working on and i was like okay there is still light so it's not that late but I'm trying to go out from studio like at um, at six, seven. But I still have not achieved achieved that. But I'm really happy that when I have been preparing uh, an exhibition recently, I've managed to go out around around midnight, like maybe once or twice. <laughs> for me, for sure, like I I really don't like overnight uh, like making overnights with with art or with producing. Do people do that a lot? I, I think like there are artists who, who do this and they prefer to work at night. That does not work for me. I appreciate having daylight for painting, um, but also yeah, I think it's just healthier for me like to... It's healthier for everybody. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So, and then also it's easier for me like to be just productive, you know. It's, it's better even like, you know, to come, I don't know, later to your studio let's say but having energy and being productive yeah, so having like, some yeah. rest after that that's crucial yeah, i think it's, it's, very, it's also very important. important you don't have any like special other little actions that you do in your studio when you start to work or... again like it depends if i have like if i decide to paint um, because it also depends on the weather if i feel like for painting i really need like 100 percent focus or like really good focus so I prefer to do it in during the days that are a bit pressure outside is like good and I feel good. And then like, so I, I'm really like attached to this like weather conditions in a way, but I don't know, I don't drink coffee. So I don't have this like coffee breaks, whatever. Uh, but I do drink uh, like green tea in the morning <laughs> just before going out to the studio in order to, to get some boost. Yeah, to get some boost. <laughs> And uh, I, I need to, usually I need to eat something like in the middle of the day uh, and either I go like to the shop or to go to eat out or rather I have just some snacks like at the studio and I eat something or I prepare some like really simple meal at the studio and then when I come back home I have more proper dinner. With painting you never know like sometimes you struggle with certain paintings and you never know like when it will be when the moment that it will be done like you know will come will arrive to you in a way or like you will achieve it maybe not that it will arrive to you but you will achieve it some people say that it arrives to them yeah but like i for sure i have like uh, cycles at the studio that again like i work with this paint certain painting techniques so it takes me it's like a really long process and first i need to collect because i try to collect stretchers from second hand mm -hmm. or locally sourced 
and then I collect these stretchers. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we can show. We can show it afterwards. Maybe as well. we can show it after, and then. Like once I collect the stretchers, I, I need to find linen. I also try to find linen from secondhand, but this is not so easy because also, yeah, it's nicer to work on um, certain quality linen. But like, for example, this used to be some sort of curtain and it's not so good, like the, or like it's not so soft. It has a big, pretty big texture. Yeah, it has some texture, but I actually enjoy it. And yeah, I think it goes well with, with the theme. But like, yeah, for sure, it it makes the process easier if the if the canvas is softer. So then it takes me some time to put the stretchers together to uh, to make up the linen canvas, and then it takes me like one day at least to put the to create to make the gesso and to put the gesso on the canvases. And then I need to, I also have to glue them before. So it's like, again, one day additionally. And then when I'm done with, with the gesso, then I, I have to wait like two weeks in order that the linseed oil, that it dries properly, basically. So then after two weeks, I can start. So usually like when this moment of canvas making comes, I need to organize my life properly. And sometimes three takes me like up to two weeks, like to prepare the canvases, but then I have them at least for half of a year or more. That also like complicates the process a bit because you have to then, plan ahead quite mm, a lot. Yeah, you have to plan ahead or then I usually I just prepare like uh, many canvases depending on the stretchers that I found, find on yeah from recycling from or like from second hand then I I just make the stretchers and then I try to fit to certain size and certain um, proportions mm. so, so yeah your paintings are not figurative or kind of semi there's this flowers yeah. in them or not entirely flowers yeah those yeah. are like this is actually this is actually figurative or let's say like realistic like yeah, yeah because like figurative is yeah something different that you have like humans so i would not call it that it's like figurative fully but actually like this is sort of figurative in a way you know that face. you have like <laughs> yeah you have facial features and you have like emotions because i try actually recently i've started to apply more human elements or like I don't know, inspired by my body or like by the bodies that I experience in my daily life. And I try to merge them together with, let's say, more than humans or non-humans. I try to achieve this, this empathizing uh, reaction in the spectator, like as you can see in this painting in progress. But this, this actually like is realistic. And at some point I was very much, uh, when I have been studying, uh, I have been very much influenced by conceptual painting of Gerhard Richter, uh, a German painter from Dresden, I guess. Um, and yeah, like maybe I will not start uh, on, on Gerhard Richter's uh, painting because this is like longer discussion. It's quite a postmodern sort of or like a technique inspired by postmodern um, painters or artists where you depict something that is uh, that seems like not realistic but in fact it's realistic and in that case it actually goes uh, together with the uh, 
theme of the installation that I'm working on, like this eco-erotic concept, let's say. When I started to research on that, I found um, like, like sex toys, which are um, more than human inspired or like non-human. We're talking about the painting above, but I'm not even sure the, we can this see one. it in so, the frame. Uh, or actually, <laughs> maybe I can... Yeah, like no, this one. So um, so then I've started to research like these sex toys or like I've basically typed in Google eco sex toy. And then and you ended up with an octopus. I, I've ended up with an octopus, not only because there had there has been also like quite beautiful like uh, like vegetables, like glass vegetables. And this one, I'm not sure if it's like that eco-friendly in the production, uh, like when it comes to the material and stuff like that. But it's inspired by, by octopus. So in that sense, like it's inspired by more than human life. Um, there, there are discussions, um, quite interesting discussions nowadays, like how to call elements of the ecosystems that are not humans. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm like um, well, non mixing. Non-human, I guess. It yeah, non-human. But then it's like also there is this discussion about like colonial perspective on. Uh, yeah, maybe I hang it again uh, on uh, colonial like uh, gaze on like ecosystem and like on reality, let's say. So then like when it's when we say like non-human, we split up, which might be which might lead to certain like discrimination or yeah, I guess I'm interested how this discussion will will develop and in the future that I've, I guess like it's also it depends on on certain languages. I think actually in Polish it might be even easier for me like to... That's why I usually like try... I avoid like non-human word and um, I rather say ecosystem or like yeah mm. like organism but that's a quite interesting like linguistic discussion and when we dis discuss about language we discuss about everything and like or not everything but like we discuss about how to describe the re the reality it's, around it's us. The tool, it's the main tool we use to... Yeah, exactly, to communicate with each other, to like, mm. in terms of community building or like even politics and stuff like that. Would you say that uh, having other artists around you is important? Yeah, it's definitely important because I think like, even though quite often I'm just like close in my studio, I think art, cre art making or like art is a collective process. Also, all together with the spectators of art, people who think they do not influence on art, but in fact they do. Uh, so, yes, of course, like it's important to have like a community or like to have contact with with people who participate in art because it's like a collective process. So it's not that like, oh, I'm like a genius who is creating this and that, like this concept from 19th century, but it's more like about creating specific language which describes reality, the reality around us. We get inspired uh, amongst like artists, thinkers, people who just come to experience art. This is like very important for me to talk with people who just experience art and not specifically, I'm not specifically talking about my art or my exhibitions but like talking about art with people. I, I believe it's a collective process and contemporary art is always influenced by the reality. How do you find uh, other like-minded people here as a person who came from somewhere else, not to 
long ago. I was really lucky to uh, to come to for an internship uh, for an internship at Mimolakaxi Gallery, which I really recommend to check out and to visit regularly. And um, I I work there until now, so I'm really lucky that I can basically exchange with other artists and like meet people and experience art and but of course like not only and I always try even like when I'm even like when I'm on holidays or like when I when I whenever I go like abroad I try to get connected because this is like specifically important to get connected with people who are also who seem to be far away from you because of the distance then you you get like different insights on the reality Last year, I have participated to an amazing project, which was Art Fort, uh, Art for Transformation, displayed at BAM Biennial of Palermo. And uh, the exhibition has been cre uh, curated by Basak Senova, and the training has been led by Egle Oddo, uh, artist, and uh, Gru uh, Halberg. The entire process has been also supported by, or like has been organized and produced by Associazione Meno in Palermo. The project has been funded by Erasmus Plus, like to be clear. <laughs> and uh, why I'm talking about it is because uh, this has been a really pre precious experience to me to get connected actually with people from totally different parts of European Union, because that was countries that were uh, in this Erasmus Plus um, program criteria. And uh, it has been beautiful that I actually found a lot of like points of connection with people because it was up to being 35 years old, I think. But like there has been like people from also many ages. I it, it was beautiful like to get connected just like through art making and through thinking together. And also I will add that um, this connection was like so uh, interesting to us that we've decided with the people who participated in this Bambayanel project that we decided to form a collective and the collective is called Mandrix. So I also recommend uh, because we're going to, we're planning like some activities so you can also follow us. You are very active it seems. Do you go to exhibitions often? Yeah, like as I'm, as I work at, at the gallery, I of course like very often I participate to cultural events at the gallery, but then like somehow my circle of friends came out to be also artists, like from, from this like uh, art related circles, because I've been getting to know people like this. So for me, when whenever I have some spare time, I just check out if there is like any event and, and I go there. I visit Hyab, for example. Maybe move to towards the studio a bit? We are in your studio right now. It's pretty small. How big is it? It's just nine square meters. And it's because I'm trying, first of all, I try really, also my home is not so big. And I try to reduce the, my emissions in, in my life and the, the need of like using electricity and heating up spaces. So for now, I, I just go with nine square meters and I try not to fill it up <laughs> too much. Also, like due to financial issues, because I don't have that much regularity in my life. So mm. it's just safer for me. Um, but yeah, for now it works. Maybe at some point, if something changes in my life, um, I might change the 
the space for something bigger? Would you share a space if it was bigger, but with other people in it? Yes. So uh, actually, because my process is, it might disturb people a bit because sometimes I melt, for example, beeswax, which not everyone wants to smell. And it creates quite a lot of fog, like it looks a bit scary. It's not, and it's, it's actually all right. But yeah, like not everyone might like this. So I think that is the main reason because actually it would be nice to, to rent with some friends, but I think it might be a bit sometimes like when I create like bigger scale projects, then I try to, then I feel the space up with, I don't know, with fabric or, and then, yeah, it might be a bit like challenging for the people who would rent with me. But, you know, depends, like, if someone has, like, similar mediums that they use, like, if if I would find the person who also does, like, I don't know, painting installation and they use, like, I don't know, uh, sewing machine, but also, Beeswax. like, they create, they, they like, uh, make the canvases uh, from scratch and beeswax and stuff like that, then, I mean, it would be cool. <laughs> I think, like, it would be inspiring. Because then I can really, sometimes I can really use the entire space <laughs> yeah yeah I, I can see it's not difficult to, to do that <laughs> um do you, where do you store your work i mean you can't store it all here yeah so it's like it somehow circulates let's say sometimes but I, come and go but i have like the, my main base is at my home yeah and from there i distributed the artworks that i i i'm planning to re remake or like upcycle then i store them at my studio the ones that i want to continue working on i i again like store in my studio but the ones that are finished i try to to bring to my home yeah and then like somehow it circulates and it goes further i have also some artworks stored in in poland in the cellar I also have like a cellar at my home, which is great that like cellars in Finland are not humid and you can easily store or like at least the ones that I have experienced like in Helsinki. What's your favorite thing about your studio? Mm, I think the access to the daylight that it's on the top of the building and I have really, really good access to the daylight. Do you think you could do without a studio? Could you just paint at home? For now, I can't imagine this, and I've been doing it during um, the cycle of my studies, and that has been horrible. And I even could not find a proper space because I feel like in within the years of transformation in Poland or like in Warsaw, there has not been that much space predicted for visual arts. So. There is really not so many like spaces available in the price that a person in like earning or like an artist in Poland can afford. I also could not focus like it was really difficult to divide my private life and let's say like my studio life or like professional life. So that has not been healthy. Uh, so I really do appreciate having a studio that I don't have to worry that I destroy some or like that I I don't know hmm. spill something on the floor or whatever so yeah I I do not imagine not having a studio for now <laughs> would you share with us some artists that you follow and like 
for me, it, it has been quite difficult to respond to this question because throughout art history, there is like plenty of artists or artworks that have inspired me. Um, but it has been quite um, a turning point for me when I have seen Sheila Hicks or Hikes, depending on the country where you're at the pronunciation, uh, exhibition at Centre Pompidou. That has been quite significant to me because I've decided um, to change the mediums I work with or like the techniques I work with a bit. Uh, what struck me in her artwork, it has been this really domicile, like because she does installation, like textile installation, but it's also like with color. She experiments a lot with dyeing and with fibers and uh, this sort of cozy feeling that her artworks give you and like this weird like connection. I got really inspired by by her. Yeah, I've already mentioned uh, Gerard Trichter. Maybe on the example of these artworks. Yeah, maybe I've right been, now. What is, what is, what I, I guess recently I've also took out again my inspiration by um, Alina Shapochnikov, uh, a Polish artist who has a really interesting biography actually, or like quite tragic biography because uh, she has been working with what is it called epoxy epoxy yeah so alina shapochnikov has been working with epoxy and uh, she has been creating really amazing feminist artworks sculptures um, researching her body and her physicality her body has been in contact with this epoxy and uh, because very it, toxic it's and... very toxic and she died from uh, she suffered from breast cancer but her her artwork really has impacted on me a lot and probably knowing this i've also been really aware or like really careful with the mediums i i use because it's really important for me like to have this sort of circulation you know like feeling that like everything circulates and mm. at least like it biodegrades yeah, I also have enjoyed a lot, or like I got inspired a lot by Magdalena Moskva. She's a contemporary painter uh, from Poland. I'm, I'm trying like to get back to my uh, Polish roots. Art history had like a lot of, a lot of like influence, and I mean like also conceptualism. Like, but then um, I think it's always like we're always like some sort of continuity, but like you do not come back in a way it's not possible to come back and we live in contemporary times and we respond to contemporary issues for me actually at some point like ecosystem and like life of organisms has been still is like a big inspiration and i read quite a lot of books written by biologists or scientists let's say about that yeah like i've also i i really enjoy because i'm trying like women have been not so visible like throughout the art history so i'm trying to give like women references or like female references because i regard what i do or like i regard myself and what i do feminist so uh, there there has been this like conceptual installation maker or like she still creates uh, katarina grosse like this immersive installations what would be some other places of inspiration for you? Maybe physical spaces or... 
yeah, Watch like, your space as well. Actually, if you want to have like mm, a bit of a spoiler uh, for my future paintings, you can go to uh, Ljubljana if you happen to be there to this uh, castle hill, and on uh, on the way from the Ljubljanica River to to the castle hill, there is uh, a tree that is that reminds like. It has like um, shape of a teeth, so yeah, you can go to check out this tree. <laughs> How did yeah. you end up in this eroticism in your work? So it it has been like um, mm, well long way <laughs> somehow, but um, I think like first of all, uh, as a person coming from like a very Catholic society, I can say that like Catholic societies have a lot of issues or like a lot of boundaries about sexuality and for example in Poland there is no really like sex education and I think it's important to speak about it and not to treat it with like shame but on the other hand like I've been researching this like connection to the ecosystem and I think like we can somehow like try to connect through empathy so that's how I think like this eco-eroticism, like it's a way to connect everything <laughs> in a way. And uh, yeah, like that's a short response. I think it really goes um, or it's it results from like this eco-feminist thought, thinking about culture, but also about sexuality or like culture always defines sexuality. And I think it's also important to mention sensuality or like sensual per perception it helps to empathize maybe it's good to mention about uh annie sprinkle and uh and her manifesto for me eco-eroticism i think it's interesting way to talk about our relationship with nature and also what is defined culturally and what connects us i think that eco-eroticism is a way to empathize with the ecosystem and like the way to build the relationship. This is a pattern for painting object. Are you treating paintings like uh, clothing a bit? More like a sculpture sometimes I would say or but for sure like um, pattern making comes out from like history of clothing so I think any textile artist is always like somehow connected to this like clothing history because it's also the history of materials and of the production of materials and you know so I can show the book about um, plant genitals because also I think like um, I believe that sustainability is something more than like just our relationship or like I don't like the word sustainability because it's it has been used for greenwashing purposes a lot this this is a quite inspiring book about plant genitals and blossoming and I think what I find like really interesting or um, that we can also like learn from you know more than humans non-humans from the ecosystem that for example there is like a lot of like norms about sexuality in Western or like in European culture, let's say, because that's what what we participate in. I think that uh, I find it quite inspiring that the ecosystem is in a way like non-binary and it's it's like very diverse, especially like when it comes to the life of plants, the vegetal life. Yeah, you talk sure. about color a lot. Does your palette 
change with the times. I mean, uh, I see these current paintings are pinkish, purplish. Was that always the case, or did you have different colors before? How did that? Yeah, they they change, of course, because like first of all, I I developed the technique, which takes some years. But also, yeah, I've recently I've decided like to get rid of these toxic pigments, so this will. Uh, impact on uh, on the palette for sure what colors are gonna this disappear from your palette the more eco-friendly it becomes yeah f i mean like cobalt blue uh, for sure uh, cadmium uh, cadmium red which i have not been using so much but like cadmium orange cadmium yellow those are probably the main colors but also cobalt violet this will disappear but I find it quite inspiring. And then I will also research new colors that I have not been using before. So I find it quite exciting. But also I think the color palette changes quite a lot regarding the subject. Each installation or each painting installation, like it's always like it, it has like different intellectual input inspirations. And you, you do a lot of sketches. I see here some sketches on the wall. Yeah, like drawing is not my thing that much, but uh, I use sketches just like to quickly remember ideas for paintings and then I apply them on canvases. Yeah, it's not recommended actually to use pencil on canvas, but I deal with it. Why is it not recommended? I mean, because then it's it might be like difficult to get rid of this pencil, but I'm quite careful and yeah, I always rubber after. <laughs> But those are technical issues. Thanks a lot for being my guest today and for bringing me to your studio. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for interviewing me. And it's always precious like to also in context of your of your practice, like to to speak out, especially when you're a painter, then it's important to name your or like to talk about your practice with using words not colors so it's always interesting it's like actually always a sort of synesthetic like when you talk about painting or color and yeah well and good luck with pleasure. your project and the upcoming exhibition in the autumn thank you and welcome everyone <laughs> to to the exhibition